Welcome to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Marianne Rose. You are about to embark on a relevant and timely journey of thought with registered psychologist, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Thank you for tuning in and expect to be enlightened right now. Hey there, Cyrus. Hey, Marianne. It's good to see you today. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Thanks. And we also have a guest with us today, mm. Shana. Hi. Hey. Hi, Shana. So today we're talking about counting the cost, mm. making decisions, weighing out whether it's the right decision, when to make a decision, when not to make a decision. Yeah. It's not easy. No. People are always faced with all kinds of challenges. And decisions are one of the most important things. We don't always have the ability to change our lives, but our decisions are one way that we can impact. There are those points where all of a sudden, hmm, I can make my life different. So they're very important. Even when it feels like you don't have a choice, sometimes you do. And the ability to actually act on your life is so important. So it's a good talk. Mm -hmm. It is a good talk. Mm -hmm. People make decisions every day. Yeah. But what are the ones that are going to cost you? Mm. And... Are you paying attention to the cost mm-hmm. carefully enough, the mm-hmm. bigger picture? And of mm-hmm. course, we definitely want to look at that when we're making big, big, big decisions. Mm-hmm. I think some people make big decisions very flippantly, too, because they're so used to having a lot of decision-making power. Mm. So it's like, I'll do this. It doesn't matter the cost to another person. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to make it cut and dry And if it hurts, oh well, that's not my problem. I'm the one making the decision. Yeah, definitely. I think that one of the first steps in making a decision is to realize that you have a choice. I know that as a psychologist, you know, when we're being trained to be therapists, one of the things that they try to help us to do is to discover when we're facing an ethical dilemma. And so oftentimes people will cruise through situations and they won't realize how there's a choice here, there's a dilemma here, because there's so many decisions. If you think about it, you know, everything's a decision. How you move, how you walk, how you talk, how you interact with your life, everything could be considered a decision. So actually being like, oh, this is one of those decisions. This is one of those moments that's maybe more important, that maybe is challenging, and maybe is a time when I need to take some time and make a better decision. We were saying people make quick decisions flippantly, they don't realize they do these things, and I was like, yes, people will often just go on automatic, doing the same things over and over again, and then be frustrated when they get the same results that they were frustrated with before. Mm -hmm. And not really being able to see those points, those times, the way the decisions they've made that have actually created that circumstance. So I think becoming aware, stepping out of your life for a moment, and seeing, oh, this is a chance for me, this is the fork in the road, can be so helpful. And what's the fork showing you for one Mm -hmm. side or the other, when you make any decision that concerns people's lives, and those lives aren't the picture or what you're seeing, Mm -hmm. especially when you've got somebody who's in a great position of leadership, who has a whole bunch of people working in their organization, and who is not seeing the people versus the dollar. Mm, Right, yeah. And would they step back to look at that? Because sometimes the cost being the people Mm. ends up being the dollar. Right. The research suggests that when we're making decisions, we think we're making it for one reason when typically we're making it for another. So typically we're making decisions based on emotional factors or things like that. I actually just did 
another interview where I was looking at an article that was talking about this, where they were researching how women make choices about who they're going to marry or who they're going to date, and they'll say something. They'll, they think they're making a decision based on people's kindness and humor and intelligence and abilities and common interests and things like that when they found that they were making their decisions based on attractiveness. So that's so common when we're making decisions is that we're making decisions based on a set of factors like emotions primarily and then we'll make our decision emotionally and then we'll logically rationalize it afterwards but it doesn't feel that way to the person making the decision. And so that's something to really consider and combat when you're making these decisions and it's one of the first things that I would suggest to somebody making a decision which is to identify your bias like I'm a CEO I'm biased towards money and not people because everybody needs me to make money and I want to make money and my family wants me to make money and the stockholders want me to make money my board wants me to make money and so I'm biased towards money so identifying your own emotional bias your own functional bias in that position is a great first step to being aware and making a better decision it's so difficult and we can fool ourselves so easily mm -hmm. but it's at least a worthy effort yeah if your bias is based on facts and you are able to discern about the dollar mm -hmm. being the goal, how are you able to cut the line from hurting people mm -hmm. when it could do that? Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's huge examples mm -hmm. and everyone looks at those and thinks, well, that was tragic mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. 900 jobs were lost from right. this massive organization. Yeah. Didn't they know mm -hmm. or didn't they see or didn't they count the cost mm -hmm. beyond mm -hmm. their bias maybe was mm -hmm. in that much bigger picture? Yeah, as you're walking into a decision, you know, you've identified a decision, you're like, okay, I'm biased in this way. Another way to protect yourself is to delay. Oftentimes, we feel like it's better to make decisions quickly. We look up to people who make decisions quickly. We see that as a strength. But there's another emotional component there as well, which is when you make a decision, there's a relief experience. People have a reduction in their stress when they actually have made the decision, right or wrong. Yep. It doesn't have to be the right decision, it's just the decision's made. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can sense that in people. It's finished. Like an element of control. Mm-hmm. Yes. As a therapist, when I'm working with somebody, there are times, very rarely, when I'm pushing somebody to being like, wow, you've taken a lot of time for this. But most of the time, high 90s, I'm actually slowing people down. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, just take a breath. You don't have to make the decision right now. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's think about this more. And so, yeah, there's such a threat to, like, just yes. make the decision based yeah. on our emotions, based on our biases. And one of the steps is to slow yourself down and allow yourself a breath, maybe mm -hmm. to do some more checking, like, oh, what is the impact of this? Mm -hmm. I'm going to actually talk to some people other than just my own office, you know, for 15 minutes. Oh, I could just cut 900 jobs. Well, maybe I could take a moment and look at some other perspectives on how to manage this crisis. Right. And the pressure might not be coming from you to make the decision but mm. people that mm -hmm. aren't even on that level mm -hmm. so for example even a large organization the people that are running it don't even live in the province don't even show up at the building right <laughs> yes and then you have to listen to them they're the ones that are making the decision for you and they're putting mm -hmm. the pressure on and mm -hmm. the feeling of threat is there mm -hmm. they're telling you you don't have a choice and that these are the decisions mm -hmm. to make beyond mm -hmm. what they can see I would call that a false decision because mm. there's no empowerment unless you have a 
power over the time mm -hmm. that you're allowed to hear, your full autonomy to mm -hmm. know what the components are. Mm -hmm. But what has just been described is more of a forced, forced power manipulation mm -hmm. into a certain direction, which would be, again, we're wanting to actually make a decision mm -hmm. and not be herded like cattle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it can be easy for people to reduce their stress in a moment by allowing other people to make the decision for them. Yeah. I mean, if it's not your decision, it's not your decision. If people come in and make it for yes. you, then they've made the decision. But if you're allowing yourself to be overwhelmed by pressure, that can be a stress reliever too. Oh, not me. Like, yeah. it's them who made the decision. The board right, decided. When yeah. really you do maybe have the authority in that position mm -hmm. to actually stand up. One of the ways that I would, after you've identified it, got your biases, you're delaying, in that delay, you know, you could talk to other people. Another one that can seem odd, because normally people think about very specific consequences in the situation, but to step back and look at your values can be so helpful in a moment like that. And it seems kind of around the bend, and it seems like it might not apply directly, but it can be like, what is my value in this company or in this decision in my life? How important are my employees? How important is that they have a job? How important is it that we have money right now? And everybody's situation is so unique. It's like, oh, employees are always number one. Well, not always. What if this is like everybody is a seasonal worker and it's only 5% of their actual work in their life. Nobody's committed to the company and nobody's really going to care if they get fired. That's a really different situation than people who have 20 years in the company where it's their only job. Everybody's, you know, a breadwinner for their family. It's really hard to train people for this. It's really hard to find another job. You know, like, it's a really different picture. So what's your values? And then you go back and you're like, okay, this is what's important. And then your decision can come out of that. Yes, and the values are the full passion that you're living your life from. Because the decisions, whether it's cognitive, whether it's emotional, whether it's a seasonal or time, mm -hmm. whether you're being pressed upon, but in that place of what he's talking about, that value, mm -hmm. that's where you get cross decisions. Mm -hmm. That's where you find out what the cost is and where mm -hmm. you won't go, where your yeah. bottom line is, mm -hmm. and where that heart power, that your heart, that subconscious, that God fuels, that's when the life starts flowing and joy and everything yeah. else starts making that ease mm -hmm. and I, growth. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that oftentimes if you look at your values first when you're making a decision, you might come to a decision that's not popular mm -hmm. because all of a sudden it's not the easy decision. It's not the decision that's being pressured on you. Now it's a decision yeah. that's based on something deeper. Yeah. And that it's revolutionary. brings you to a place of like, oh, every time you have a leader who's making a decision, at some point they will probably almost always have to stand alone and do something courageous. And usually it's decisions that are based on values and not on circumstances that cause that. It's like, I stand for this. I don't care what anybody else says. This is what I stand for. Yeah. So you could see that when leaders say certain things, like Jesus said certain things in his leadership and then the crowd left. And he's like, are you going to leave as well? Well, he's standing for something in that moment who's going to follow that and it can be challenging it's hard to stand alone it's hard to be courageous like that but it usually gets you a ton of respect after yes and you can sense a person that has gone through that process mm. there's a weight mm -hmm. to their words there's a gravity 
Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. goes along. Mm-hmm. Because gravity started it. Like, mm. it pulled them down to the floor mm-hmm. to feel what they felt. They had to look at the bottom line for themselves. Like, what you were saying mm-hmm. about the value. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now here I am, down at this, and that's when I find out mm. what my decision and my values Mm-hmm. And it's there that you get the passion and the fuel mm-hmm. to be able to go through the tough times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have to often not only sit in it and visit it, mm-hmm. but also cast it as your vision. Mm. So that when you're going through those difficult times of pressure, there's grace, but one way or the other, you're always going to fall back on the default of the values that you mm-hmm. set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that takes some time to discern too like if you're casting it as your vision you're putting it before you how are you doing that I have an example for one thing it's just Mm -hmm. like standing in front of a mirror Mm -hmm. looking at yourself say the thing out loud Mm -hmm. and then say the opposite Mm -hmm. to yourself Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, who are you talking to? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And can you agree mm-hmm. with what you're hearing? And can you also disagree with yourself mm-hmm. by saying the opposite? Because if you do, at least you'll hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then if you need to make that hard decision mm-hmm. when you've heard yourself, mm-hmm. and sometimes it is the opposite of what you think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because you're fighting with yourself to even get to that moment. Mm-hmm. So you may actually be looking at yourself saying the opposite. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Another part can be accepting the fact, almost accepting failure. It's like, okay, I have this vision. I'm standing for this. And being able to let it go and be like, I'm okay with this looking like a failure. I'm okay with this looking like I'm alone and like I'm incompetent or I'm unsuccessful in this moment and you kind of have to like accept that like I'm not doing this to be successful I'm doing it for something else yeah for me that's been something that I've had to do in various situations where I've had to make a decision that's like oh this might not work out successfully now but this is more important Mm -hmm. and now we'll see we're gonna see how this actually plays out Mm -hmm. but I would rather be unsuccessful than to look successful and stand for this yeah and stand for something I actually don't believe in it is a decision to be engaged in character development Mm -hmm. because that's really what we're talking about as opposed to reacting and making decisions and even all the knowledge that we could have Mm -hmm. of it, Mm -hmm. it's still not character development which Mm -hmm. only happens when you're placed in those places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 We're talking about Jesus and him being a leader and yet so many people falling off because what he said was really hard. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things he talks about that is to do with character development and counting the cost is whoever loves their life more than me Mm. is not worthy of me. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so you are looking at the deepest part of developing character when you are losing your Mm -hmm. life. What does that mean? Mm. I look at it as meaning that you are putting his value Mm -hmm. above your Mm -hmm. own feeling and your own Mm -hmm. comfort. Yeah, yeah. You're standing for him, even if it costs you. Yeah. It's not worth being successful 
if I'm different than Jesus, if I'm not with his values. Mm -hmm. And success is standing with Jesus, even if everything else falls away. If you lose your mortal life, your success, and you're standing with him, you still have success. Yeah. I mean, he's talking about himself, but he's also talking about who he is, you know, and what he is, the embodiment of God's values and ways. And also talking about even that process, that what we think is our life, when mm-hmm. we get down to the bottom of mm-hmm. it, is really just a cheap mm-hmm. skeleton. Mm-hmm. And the values and the characters that he's trying to give us and wanting us to walk through to gain that is going into the realm of priceless. Mm-hmm. So money as a system is incredibly easy to make. Mm-hmm. It has a value, it has an end point, mm-hmm. but when it goes into priceless, mm-hmm. there is no financial value on it, and that's the place of character development as well. Mm-hmm. And tying money into being able to be a part of it, but the one is not the other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I think of priceless, I think of it meaning nothing has importance Mm -hmm. that compares to the weight of character building and like the gravity that we talked about earlier that it pulls you down Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. the reality that is actually the most important one you know gravity brings you down to reality is something that people think about in the regular force of nature and what life looks like. What I find so beautiful is that the gravity of character building is all dependent upon the tiniest faithfulness in relationship. Mm. Having that an actual connection, whether it's with a human being to God, with a friend, mm-hmm. knowing that it's real yeah. mm-hmm. and bringing that into this reality Mm -hmm. and saying, no, this is real, Mm. I'm going to value this, I'm going to Mm. cultivate this, Mm -hmm. and this is going to be something that is going to go out into my life. Yes. I'm being built up, and that's where the priceless comes in, because all Mm. the other things, there is an end date to it, Mm -hmm. just because their systems all are going to be complete, whereas relationship, that's not I mean, even if somebody passes away, the relationship mm-hmm. that you built, the structure in that human being mm-hmm. can withstand so much. Mm-hmm. Never even mind death. the relationship, yes, with God mm-hmm. that continues on and on. Mm-hmm. Generationally, he honors those mm-hmm. conversations you had with him. He honors those times of tears and promises. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think you know, we're talking about is, we're not talking about smaller decisions, typically with these kinds of things, you know, like where to park or something, but like we're talking about these heavy things, and often when you're talking about heavy decision, something really strong like this, there's going to be some kind of significant and often mixed effect from your decision, and that's usually what makes these decisions so difficult when you're talking about laying off 900 people to balance the books it's like I don't know if there's a decision in that situation which is wonderful for everybody through the whole situation no matter what you say in that moment there's not enough money and how are you going to manage that and the next part of that as you're making the decision is to be like how are we going to manage the effect of this decision there's two parts that one is I know this is going to happen and the other part is oh shoot that also happened after Mm -hmm. you make the decision and I didn't see it I didn't recognize it I made a mistake 
And when you're making a decision, a lot of what we're talking about, a lot of the parts that we're talking about is an attempt to see. I want to see. And it's so hard. My emotions are in the way. The pressures from other people are in the way. The time urgency is in the way. My experience isn't enough for this. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't see. And afterwards, that means you're going to get surprises and there's going to be effects. But that can help you to also see. Even the decisions of the past and the decision here can help you to see. And it's like, oh, I didn't see. You know, now I see what this is. Can I repair it? Can I learn from this? And that is so important, right? Because this isn't just about one decision. Usually our life is filled with many decisions, right? And like, you know, capturing that value and trying to learn from it can Mm -hmm. be so helpful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's so helpful to be in a place where you are accepting like if you have to be defended and be like, no, every decision I've done has always been perfect, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to learn. Yeah. But if you can be in a place where you're like, every decision I've made has been imperfect, mm-hmm. almost guaranteed, then it puts you in a place where it's like, okay, you know, how can I see this to see more clearly moving forward? And that's hard because then you have regret and you have guilt and you're like, oh, shoot, I'm not. I've hurt somebody. And then focusing back into a relationship with God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the places where you know that you know mm. He has led you, building that relationship with mm. trust, mm-hmm. knowing that you can count on Him, that mm-hmm. you can trust those big decisions, yeah. and the best decisions that you can make aside from Him with everything you've got. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. what it is. You're going to learn, you're going to grow. Life has that built in. But with Him, they are just as messy mm. and he designs it mm. that way mm-hmm. because you're still going to grow mm. mm-hmm. and he's still stretching you but your hindsight will be better yeah. and the relationship yeah. will be getting deeper mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you'll have a little bit of an idea of where to go mm-hmm. probably less guilt mm. and yes. less trauma because you know that you're dropping the ball and he's picking it up and you know that you can trust him to get those other people the job if you have to go that direction and he's already probably proven it to you that he is bankable Mm. yeah like I think if you're in a place where you're like but Cyrus I think I've always done the best decisions I could in the moment That sounds wonderful, Mm -hmm. but to me, if you really want to learn how to make good decisions, it's somewhat diluted. Like, it's a diluted statement. Because it's in your own eyes, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. if I'm walking with God, it's only the sight that I can see with. Yes. And I'm still going to be not where I am five years from now. That's right. I I still want that. Everybody's kind of like doing the best they can, sure, but could you have made a better decision now looking back? And I challenge myself, because I feel that in my life. It's like, oh, but I'm so hopeful, and it's like... I think I did the best decision. I, you know, like there were all the best decisions. And I feel that, oh, it's so frustrating. Why can't I see what could have been better now that I'm after that? I'm challenging myself to be honest with myself and to really continue to think through the decision, even when it's made, and be like, oh, I think there might have been a better option, or maybe there could have been something else I could have done to help myself make that decision better. And I have that desire. But then, To do that, you have to have a system in place in order to forgive yourself. You have to have that place of hope for yourself. If you don't have that, it's way too threatening. It's almost impossible and maybe dangerous. If you can't forgive yourself 
if you can't manage mistakes, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're listening to this, and I'm encouraging you to go and look at the mistakes you've made, and you don't have a system for forgiving yourself, that could throw you into a depression. It could mm-hmm. throw you into a bad space. Yeah. And I think for making good decisions, you have to be able to see reality mm-hmm. with hope, which yes. is tough. Oftentimes, people choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. They choose hope, or they choose reality. And reality can be depression, and hope can be a delusion, but you want both. And for me, I've always had it where in looking at my mistakes, it has often been granted that I'll be able to go and make it better. Mm. And if not, Mm -hmm. God, that's going to have to be on you. And that's where the grace goes forward. Mm -hmm. And definitely when people are doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. I want that bubble wrap. I want Mm. that buffer zone of grace so that I can, in a safe place, grow and look at my mistakes, but also... Not that I'm enjoying the mistakes, Mm -hmm. but there is Mm -hmm. joy in the growth in that Mm -hmm. I can see it. Mm -hmm. And the places where I can Mm -hmm. go to the person like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I've really messed Mm -hmm. up here. Mm -hmm. Or go get it Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Often there is ways that it can be. Mm -hmm. And even if it can't be reversed, God has a way of enriching it Mm -hmm. and deepening it. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that bubble wrap that you're talking yes. about. We need to be able to function. You have to be able to correct. You have to be able to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be so great if you can go and reverse ahead of time. Mm. <laughs> right, to see it ahead of time. Amen, right? Well, you can. A lot mm-hmm. of times you can. Mm-hmm. It's like what you do when you write down your list of pros and cons. Yes. It's what you do when you're processing yeah. the reasoning behind before making the decision. and. Mm-hmm will I mm-hmm. hurt from this? You know, mm-hmm. if I can think about it ahead of time, because not everything is going to be mm-hmm. short-lived. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these bigger decisions might be weeks or months or years before coming to it. Yes. And in that growing time that you've given yourself the processing time. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing. Like, as I get older, I feel like when I was younger, my emphasis was on getting a lot done. I need to get stuff done. And as I've gotten older, my emphasis has been, I want to make better decisions. I want to, like, I don't need to do that much if I just make better decisions. <laughs> if I just keep focusing on things and keep on making mistakes, I will need to do a lot more work. But if I can make a better decision, mm-hmm. the amount of effort that I need to put in is so much less. And, you know, as we get older, our sphere of influence grows and it affects more people. And it's like, oh, man, help me to make a better decision is so valuable like what you're saying if you can prevent if you can learn to engage in a process where it's like I'm 10% better in my decision making it's like oh my goodness if you can be 5% better in your decision making and then you multiply that across thousands of decisions over the next 10 years the positive spiral that will come out of that I mean I see somebody with ADHD medication and they're like oh my goodness I'm 5% better at paying attention and it's like well you see the positive spiral it's like oh I did a little better my boss thinks about me better I have a bit more Mm self-confidence I can engage in this a little bit longer I've learned more things so now I can do this extra thing this positive spiral it's only 5% Mm -hmm. but it's so valuable to be able to make that much better Mm -hmm. of a decision and one of the instigators behind those decisions is often making less of what's in it for me Mm, mm -hmm. and being more of how is this going to help Mm -hmm. the future and the people that this decision will affect right yeah definitely it's such an easy thing to just say i'm going to make every decision based on what's going to make me feel better in the moment but it's usually a recipe for disaster it can work many times 
and it can be difficult to figure that out, but it's certainly easier. But to actually make decisions based on a value can be so mm -hmm. much more difficult. You want to go to something deeper. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it pays off. It pays off in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. Even thinking about Jesus himself when he went to the cross, that it was for the peace mm -hmm. that it was going to bring. Mm -hmm. He saw that ahead of time. Mm -hmm. He saw that his struggle and his suffering was going to be for our peace mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with him mm -hmm. and with life and just all over. Mm. And that's the example mm -hmm. that I feel like we can live mm -hmm. up to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that the promise was that every place where everybody was scattered, mm. when he was done, he was going to be able to go and get and retrieve mm. everyone back safely mm -hmm. into the Father's arms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even if they were turned away mm -hmm. or there were roadblocks set in place. Mm -hmm. The one that you were mm -hmm. talking about yeah. was he scandalized them. He grossed mm -hmm. them out because mm -hmm. yeah. they were going to make him mm -hmm. king. Yeah. That when everything was done, he would be able to go and mm -hmm. bring them forward. And that was the promise that he'd be able to retrieve them all. It's amazing when people look back and go, oh, I, I was offended in that moment. But now it's like, oh, now I understand. Because he was looking at something deeper, mm -hmm. a bigger storyline. And he told the story and people at moments are offended, and people at moments are delighted, but looking back, there's a respect and there's a trust, and there's another reality that you're thinking about here. Mm -hmm. And I can trust that. I can follow that. Mm -hmm. And if it's revealed at the end that your heart was callous and cold, and the cost is pain, that's a lesson. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, if it's revealed that it was love, mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, thank you, Shana. Thank you, Cyrus. Oh, thank you, Marianne. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Well, that was an honor to get to spend that time with you. Appreciate you tuning in. Please check out more of Dr. Cyrus at maplecrestchurch.ca and at drcyrusdirksen.com. Thanks again, and tune in next time for Bridging the Gap. I'm Marianne Rose. Hate song